Praise God and welcome to another Genesis 1 Christian Ministries podcast. As always, before we get into the word today, let's spend some time in praise and worship as we sing a song called In His Presence by Jaron Davis. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord God, there is no presence like being in your presence, Lord God. And we just ask that your presence would just surround us wherever we might be listening to this message today. Lord God, I just want to say that we praise your most magnificent name, Lord, and that we thank you for everything that you have done for us. I ask, Lord, that you prepare our hearts and minds and our spirits to receive your word today and let it be your words that come forth and let them get sunken deep and down within our spirits, Lord God, so that when the enemy strikes at us, that we can remember the words today and strike back at him, Lord God. We praise you, Lord, and we just lift your most magnificent name on high, Lord, because only you are worthy to be lifted on high, Lord. I also pray that the words that come forth today would span across the globe, Lord God, and reach those that need to hear from you, Lord God, and that they would touch anyone that is listening and anyone that is wanting to hear from you, Lord God, because we know that your word is not constrained by time or space, Lord God. We praise you. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, and take this service where you will. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God, everyone. Um, Before we get into the word, as as always, you know, take some time, grab your Bible if you don't have it with you, because we're going to Look at scripture as we do every uh, every week and every time that there's a message. We always go back to scripture because we need scripture in our lives and we need to compare everything that is happening in life to what the word of God says and not to anything that man says. So if you need to go grab your Bible, take a moment and pause it, pause this podcast, grab your Bible and come on back and join us. Diving right into the word, we're going to look at some very familiar scriptures today. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we've been here many times, and you probably know what part of Ephesians that 
uh, that I'm going to tell you to turn to here. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm going to read that again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The original sermon that I had planned for today, I was working on it and just had to put some final touches on it. And I started praying. It was Monday, Sunday night, going to bed last week, praying, had some questions that I didn't get answered that day or, or that night during my prayer time. So the next day on Monday, I was praying and this was unrelated to the sermon at all. And Holy Spirit started putting some things on my heart while I was actually in the middle of working out. And based off of the conversation I had with him. He showed me what he wanted me to talk about today, which was completely different than what I had prepared. And as I was kind of reflecting back and I, and I spent some time reflecting on my life uh, on a regular basis, there's some times during the year where I reflect, you know, like routine, like clockwork. And there's some times when I'm just sitting there and just doing some, some some ad hoc reflection, if you will. And one thing that I noticed is that during this time of year, Every four years, this scripture keeps popping up. Okay, And now if you're wondering, well, why is it every four years? Well, it's because we're in an election year. And this is a time when so many people and politicians are talking about what they want to do and the direction that they want to take this country. And what Holy Spirit was showing me and telling me is that as a body of Christ, my people need to pay attention to what's happening and they need to seek my face before they go to the ballot box and start casting their ballots for who they want in various political positions. And he had me go here to this scripture. And this is the one that kept popping up in my mind, because oftentimes when we make decisions like who are we going to vote for? We make it based off of a person's name. A political affiliation. Okay, this this country is in, in is in quite a bit of turmoil right now. You see a lot of protesting and rioting that's taking place, and you see all sorts of different groups and individuals coming out and saying, "Here's how we need to deal with this." And what God has shown me is that it's not about the people; it's about the forces that are driving the people. It's about what's happening in the supernatural. And oftentimes when we make these decisions and we start listening to people talk, we forget about what's happening in the supernatural world, in God's world, in the world that 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 is more real than anything that we can we can see, taste or touch or anything that we can we can do with our with, with our physical senses. So I'm going to look at this scripture again. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The word principality, okay, one of the definitions, is it's first, okay? It's first. It's something that, that, ha, that has taken place before anything else. And so when we think about how this term is being utilized in this scripture, then what we realize is that we are wrestling against the things that have come first, before anything else. In other words, we are wrestling against things in the spiritual world because the spiritual world has come before this physical world. So we're not wrestling against the physical world. We are wrestling against the supernatural world because that is what's come before the physical world. Powers here against powers. This is. This is referring to authorities. 
Okay, this is talking about uh, um, this, this could be uh, legal authority. This is this is the authority of people in, in, in political power. Okay, so we're, we're wrestling against things that are, that that are in power. So we're talking about wrestling against things in the spiritual world that have power and authority. And then if we look here against the rulers of the darkness of this age, okay. Rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So when you put all that together, what this means then is that everything that we are seeing manifest itself in the physical is a direct result of what's going on in the supernatural. So this battle that we are in is not against our neighbor across the street or the neighbor next door, or against the individual in whatever political position that they, that they are in. We are not wrestling against them. We are not wrestling against the, the, these, these political groups or other uh, activist-type groups that, that are popping their heads up and saying, here's how we can solve the, the various problems in this nation. That's not who we're battling. There's a spiritual world that's happening that's driving people in those positions. And that's what we need to understand as the body of Christ as to what's happening in that in that world so that we know how to come against it, because that's where the battle is taking place. There are things that happen behind the scenes that we don't know about. And what God is wanting us to do and what Holy Spirit was revealing to me is that we need to understand him and we need or we need to seek him so that we can understand what are the things that are being done behind closed doors. That aren't being told publicly that we don't know about. OK. Because we see a lot of fancy slogans. Right. And in the day of social media, in this age of social media, I mean, there's hashtags everywhere. There's hashtag this and hashtag that and hashtag the hashtag of the hashtag. OK, there's all of these slogans that are trying to to, to get your attention, to, to 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 hold up this shiny object and say, when I see this slogan or I hear this slogan, I'm going to gravitate towards that because that's a, it's a catchy phrase. And we focus so much on. How or on how something is said versus listening to what is actually being said. And so we need to be able to understand what's happening in the supernatural as 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 Jesus continues to tarry and as things unfold in this country. And so the title of the, today's message is what's happening in the supernatural. That's a question that we always want to make sure that we are asking God so that we're not getting too wrapped up in how a message is being delivered. But that we're paying attention to what the message actually is. So before that, we can before we can get to the point of asking that question of what's happening in the supernatural. As I stated earlier, we have to understand that everything starts in the supernatural. Let's turn in our Bibles to John, John, chapter one. John, chapter one. And we're going to just uh, start in verse one. OK, so we have to understand that everything starts in the supernatural. John one one in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. OK. In verse one there, we see the word word. OK. Underline that because this is referring to Jesus. OK. This is referring to Jesus. So what this scripture is saying is that in the beginning. Jesus was was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. So what you see here is is, is a um, is two parts of the Godhead, two parts of the Trinity being referenced. OK, God, the father and God, the son. So the word here in, in, in your Bible, you'll have the, the word word is 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 uh, capitalized because this is in a reference to Jesus. So this is saying in the beginning that Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. 
He was in the beginning with God, which means that before time, God was always in existence. God is not a physical being. He's a spiritual being. Spiritual beings belong in this or are part of the supernatural world, which means that if God is spirit and he is supernatural and he was in the beginning, that means the supernatural was before the actual physical. Because we know when we go through Genesis one that we see the creation of the world. We see the creation of animals. We see the creation of mankind. So all of this stuff that's around us, all of this stuff that we see with our eyes and, and, and things that we see in outer space through all these powerful telescopes. All of these things were created after God, because God was always in existence. He was always in the beginning. And you see in verse three, all things were made through him and without him. Nothing was made that was made. Now, there's a third part to this Trinity here. Which is the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit later, okay? because Holy Spirit brings power and the power of the Holy Spirit is 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 what causes things things to happen. And we'll we'll get into that just just a little bit. So you see here now the entire Trinity existed before the physical world. okay? And that's really, really, really important to understand, because the things that are happening around us have very little to do with what we can see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears. A lot of it has to do. Well, actually, all of it has to do with what we can see with our spiritual eyes and what we are hearing with our spiritual ears. Okay. Now, the other thing that this that this means, okay, you see there in verse um, in verse four in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So. God can and God does when he reveals things to us, he takes those things that are done in the darkness and brings them to the light and the darkness cannot be in the same place as the light. If you, again, if you go into, go into Genesis, when God said light be, which was the original Hebrew, Hebrew, Hebrew version, when he said light be, okay, the light then got rid of the darkness. Okay. When you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light bulb, the light takes over that darkness. So when it says the darkness could not comprehend it, in other words, it means that the darkness could not stay when the light was shining, when the light was turned on. So when God reveals things to us and we ask him what's happening in the supernatural, he will take all those things that are done in secret in the in the darkest corners of the earth and the most quietest conversations that we're not aware of. And he can bring those things to light. So that then when we start making decisions about, let's say, who to vote for or whether or not I'm going to get involved in some sort of in sort in some sort of organization. OK, he can bring those things and say, wait a second. Here's something that you don't know about. You might not want to do that. You might not want to get involved in that. You might not want to vote for this person. You might not want to go here. You might not want to go there. All right. That's what God can do. The other thing we need to understand, too, about what's going on in the, in the supernatural is that this war that we just read about in Ephesians, this this this. Uh, uh, this war that that's taking place, this wrestling, this this close battle that's taking place is happening not between God and Satan. OK, a lot of times that's what we think of. We think God is battling Satan. And it's not that case because Satan does not have anywhere near the amount of power that God has to where the he, where he can actually have a battle with him. What we know from the word of God is that when Satan was Lucifer, he was kicked out of heaven because he said he was going to rise above the throne of God. And the Bible says that Michael, the archangel, was the one that fought him. Um, and so you had the, the Michael and his angels were fighting against the devil and his angels or, or his, his demons. And then they got kicked out of heaven. OK, so we know that from that scripture. And then we know that when we look in Revelations about talking about how uh, Michael is going to take that chain on, on, on Satan and lock him up for forever. We know that that God is not directly getting involved, uh, if you will, in, in the battle because Satan does not stand a chance. So Satan, what he does is he attacks us. 
That's why the scripture is saying we wrestle not against flesh and blood because we are the ones that are, are, are in this are in this battle because we're God's most prized creation. And so Satan knows that and because of that, he is coming against us. Everything that he does, he does, he does to, to attack us, because if he can get us to fall. Then that's a slap in God's face. And then that's what makes him happy. Him being Satan. That's what makes Satan happy. It's when we mess up. When we when we call ourselves saved and we call ourselves Christians and we do things that are contrary to what to the to the word of God, he's sitting back and he's always accusing us and he's happy. He's like, uh-huh. Look at this. Your most prized creation that you created, the ones that are supposed to love you, look what look at what they're doing. Look at what they're doing. Okay? So so make no mistake about it, saints of God. We are the ones that are in the middle of the middle of this battle. But we have God, the father, who is more powerful than Satan, that can that that will help us overcome. This understanding that we are that we are in the middle of this battle and that the supernatural precedes the natural is crucial to living a victorious life. When we understand this, we really get this deep down in our spirits, then we don't become easily stressed or worried or fearful or angry over things that we can't control because we remember that everything is happening as a result of what's going on in the supernatural. So we start listening with our supernatural ears and we start watching with our supernatural eyes. Let's look at another example here showing how the supernatural world interacts with the physical world. Another familiar scripture here, Daniel chapter 10. Praise God. Daniel chapter 10. And we're going to start in uh, in verse number 10. Another familiar scripture. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, this is so this is um, um, an angel talking to Daniel because Daniel was praying about a vision that he had. Uh, that caused him some distress. You can read it there in the, in the previous scriptures there. Um, and, and I mean, he, he was stressed out. I mean, he, he wasn't eating well and, and he wasn't doing the things that he would normally do because he was thinking about this vision. And so what's happening here is now um, uh, an angel is coming to, to, to talk to him and deliver a message to him. OK, uh, so verse 11. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was uh, while he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. Underline that. Do not fear. Do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. So what you see here there uh, in, in, in verse 12 is that when we ask God. God, Lord, what's what's happening? Okay, what's happening in in the supernatural? Right. What we are actually doing is we are humbling ourselves before him. Now, what Daniel was doing here is Daniel was praying about this, about this vision that he had. And he he, he wants someone he wants uh, he wants an interpretation of it and and get an understanding of what 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 does this really mean? And when is it happening? Because what I saw is really is really troubling me and is impacting how I how I live my day to day day to day life. And so by him going to God, that's him humbling himself. Okay, and when we go to God and we ask him, all right, Lord, what's what's happening that I don't see? What's happening in your realm that I need to be aware of? That puts us in a place of not approaching a situation. Without having a full understanding. Okay, so in other words, it sets us up to be able to hear from the one, the only one that knows everything that's happening about everything. Okay. It keeps us from trying to figure out how to deal with something, an individual or a situation without God. Okay. So that's why we also have to ask, all right, Lord, what's happening in the supernatural? Okay, I'm going to read verse 12 again. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, 
Your words were heard and I have come because of your words. So now the angel is saying, yeah, God heard you the very first time you asked him. Now I'm here to tell you something. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of, uh, of Persia. A couple of things there. The kings of Persia and this 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 prince of this kingdom of per Persia that this angel is talking about is not a human being. Okay, this is not a physical king uh, of a nation. This is talking about uh, um, a, 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 a demon of darkness, a demonic strong man. Okay, a demonic uh, um, one, one of Satan's demons that that is higher up on the on, on the totem pole, if you will, that that's powerful, that is over that geographical area of Persia. So from a spiritual perspective, um, he, he was a, he's a this is a pretty strong demon that that is over this area. And this angel was battling this demon and was having some trouble defeating the demon. And so Michael, the archangel, then had to come to give him some assistance, basically his his reinforcement that then freed up this angel to be able to go tell Daniel what was go, what, um, to tell Daniel what was going on. OK. Remember what we read in Ephesians 6 verses, uh, in Ephesians 6, right? We rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This is what that looks like right there. So what you see there is Daniel didn't realize what was going on in the supernatural. So he sent this prayer up to God and, his, and, and before he's gotten an answer, he's getting stressed out. He doesn't know what's going on. He's getting stressed out. So now this angel is coming and telling him like, hey, listen, hey, God heard you. All right. But I was in I, I was having some some difficulties getting to you. I was battling this this prince. All right. But I had some help. God sent me another angel to help me out. So now that he helped me out, now I can come to you and tell you not only tell you that God already heard you. But I can come now tell you the answer to your question. OK. So that's what we that's what we want to understand. And the body of Christ is that when we see these things happening around us, when we see this chaos that's that that's happening around this nation is understanding that it's not the physical things that you see on TV. There is something taking place in the supernatural. And when we understand that as, as the body of Christ, then we know how to attack it and then we know how to pray. Okay. And then we don't get so bent out of shape. We don't get so worried about leaving our houses and, and, and going to the store because we're worried about something, something happening to us. Now, we should always be using wisdom when we're going out. Okay. Especially if you're in one of these cities. Where some of these protests or, 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 and these riots, if you will, are, are, are happening. All right. And if they're near a location where you frequently visit, definitely you want to use some some wisdom before you go out and before you start going into those areas. Or if you feel like you want to go ahead and join some of these protests. Yeah, you, you, you definitely better get on your knees and, and seek out God's face to see if that is something that he wants you to do. There are times when. If I'm looking for something, if there's something that I that, I, that I'm going to purchase, sometimes I'll just ask God, where, where should I go get this? Okay. Where should I go? I can go to the store that's, you know, five minutes away. I can go to Walmart, local Walmart and grab it. But should I do that or should I go somewhere? Should I drive a little bit further? Should I order it online? OK. And as silly as that might seem, I do that to get into the habit of going to God to ask God for for direction so that I don't go into a situation not understanding what's happening in the supernatural, because God might tell me, yeah, I know Walmart is only five minutes from you, but maybe I want you to go to this. Maybe I want you to go to another Walmart that's 20 minutes away. Maybe I don't even want you to go to Walmart. Maybe I want you to go somewhere else that you wouldn't even think of going to get that item that you're searching for. And I do that because I'm I'm trying to humble myself before God. I don't want to walk around and think that I have the answers to everything, because what could be routine today may not be routine tomorrow. And we see this with the coronavirus. All of us had our routines coming and going, going to work and everything like that and going to the store. And now look at that. All of a sudden, this this this, this virus breaks out. 
No one knows how to really deal with it. Okay, You can listen to all the different medical experts out there. They all have different differing opinions on how to deal with this thing. All right. And it upset our routine. Now we're in a much different routine than where we were before. And for those of us that that constantly are going to God and seeking his face and trying to find out what's happening around us that we don't that that we don't see, we're able to better cope with these kind of changes in our routines. Because we know that, again, the battle is not with flesh and blood. Okay, not against not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of the age of this age and spiritual hosts and wickedness, wicked places. So now we see again, Danny wasn't aware of what was happening in the in the spirit, in the supernatural, in the spirit realm. And the angel came and told him. So now let's go back to Ephesians chapter six to look at some things about how do we deal with the supernatural? How do we prepare ourselves um, in, in this battle that, 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 that we're having? OK, so let's go back to Ephesians chapter six. Praise the living God. Ephesians chapter six. Okay, we, we just read verse 12. All right. We read verse 12 earlier. We're going to go to verse 13. Now we're going to see what the rest of the scripture says. OK, so we know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we're battling the supernatural. We know that the supernatural predates the natural, meaning the supernatural came first and that everything that we see happening is the direct result of the supernatural. And we saw Daniel didn't realize what was going on in the supernatural. So he prayed and the angel finally came and told him this is why it took so long. So let's look at some other things here about the about the supernatural. Ephesians six, uh, chapter six, verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, underline whole armor of God. It's not some whole armor of God that you may be you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Evil days happen frequently, right? Evil days don't, that doesn't necessarily mean some sort of unspeakable evil that, that, that takes place. Okay. It could very well be somebody standing up and telling you an outright lie about what their plans are. Okay. To try to deceive you. How do you withstand? Well, you withstand that by putting on the whole armor of God. Verse 14, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, underline in the spirit, being watchful, underline watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. OK, now a lot of good things there. All right. First and foremost, you notice in verse 13, it says the armor of God and the whole armor of God. OK, and then it gets down and it breaks in, breaks out the different pieces of the armor. This armor is not a physical armor. This is not like the armor that Saul tried to give David before David went to go battle Goliath. This is not a physical armor. So this is not like we can, you know, go to the store and say, hey, you know, uh, I need to get some armor. You know, do you have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, do you, do you have the uh, breastplate of righteousness? I need to buy that because I'm about to go into a battle. No, this is the spiritual armor. Okay. And all these different pieces of armor, you see, Verse 14, the waste of truth, breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, feet, uh, the feet with the preparation of gospel of peace. Verse 16, the shield of faith. Verse 17, the helmet of salvation. All of those are defensive, de defensive aspects of the armor. Okay. And what this means, and then actually let's continue on. And in verse 17, you see the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what this means is that we are going to be under attack quite a bit compared to how much attacking that we do. All right. Because we can't we can't see everything that's happening in the spirit realm. Right. And God doesn't always reveal to us what is happening. This is why we are not all knowing. 
So what this means then is that we have to be on guard because we never know when the enemy is going to strike. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, okay, the only offensive weapon means that we need to spend a lot of time in prayer and studying, not just reading, studying the word of God so that when the enemy does attack, especially when he likes to do his little sneak attacks, he doesn't he doesn't ever come at you really full force. He tries to do some sort of sneak attack. Okay, he starts chipping away at the different parts of your armor just to find that little kink so that he can then attack so that when we know when he so that when we do get attacked, we know how to hit him with scripture. The same way that when Jesus was tempted in the in the desert three times by Satan, three times he hit him with the word of God. He hit him with the word of God. Jesus himself had to know the word of God. In order to defeat Satan. So we need to make sure we know the word of God in order to, to defeat Satan. OK, in verse 18, it says praying always underline praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful. OK, being watchful, like I was saying, is a, that allows us to make sure that we can keep an eye out on what's happening because we don't always know when the enemy is going to strike. OK, so being watchful and praying always will help us to stay on guard. OK, so when you put on that spirit, that 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 armor of God. It's not about just putting it on and saying, "Okay, I got it on and that's it. It's about putting it on and paying attention to what's happening around you. This is why I always encourage folks. Pay attention to current events. And I understand you turn on the news and there's there's really never a feel good story. You may hear about a feel good story. What maybe around Thanksgiving time about someone delivering some turkeys to the needy. Or maybe around Christmas time, it seems like every year there's one or two stories that come out about uh, a stranger that walked into a store and went to the layaway department and paid off somebody's uh, layaway bill. Okay, we, we see those things every so often. Any other time you turn on the news, though, it's usually some sort of doom and gloom. So I completely understand that you don't want to surround yourself with with all of that, with with all of that negativity, because it can take a toll. But at the same time. We need to understand what's being said out there so that we can then take it to God and find out, Lord, what's happening in the spirit realm? What am I not seeing? OK, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? We need to know enough to be informed, but not enough to be overwhelmed. So I highly encourage you. Look at the current events. Look at what's going on. OK, take it to God. And if you're feeling a certain way about watching news, if it does bring about some sort of uh, depression is a little bit too strong of a word, but if you start to feel a little sad or a little a little depressed about what you're seeing, understand that that too is something that's that's a result of the spiritual. Because the devil would want nothing more than to take away your joy. And what do we know what the word of God says? So if I think about this from what we just read about the, the sword of the spirit being the word of God, if I turn on the news and the devil starts to bring in some of that sadness into my life, I can easily hit him back and says, for the for the word of God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, but we have to be willing to 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 figure out what is actually happening in the spirit world. Now, a couple of other things that we see here in verse eighteen, we see it says. Prayer and supplication in the spirit. This is making reference to the Holy Spirit. And in verses 17 and 18, it shows that the key to battling these forces of darkness is prayer and using the word of God. What prayer does, prayer allows you to communicate with God. It allows you to make your request known to him. It allows you to ask him some questions. And then it also, as long as you're listening afterwards, and then it allows you to also hear from him so he can he can respond to your questions and reveal things to you. Knowing the word of God. Allows us then to be able to go on the offensive. OK. And then allows us to go into the offensive. So what this is showing us here is that we also need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to know what's happening in the supernatural. What is the Holy Spirit and what does he do? 
The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he gives us strength. Turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to go into uh, verse 24. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Why would I hope to have money when I can go into my bank account and see exactly how much money I have in there? That's not hope because we can actually see it. Okay. For why does one hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So God is saying. Okay, I'm going to bring you to a new place. I heard your cry. I'm going to bring you to a new place. And we don't see that place. If we have our trust in God and if we have faith in God, then we know that it is going to come. And we wait eagerly for it. Just like when we think back when when, when you were a child. I know I can still remember this to this day because I see with my kids. When you put together that Christmas list and you give it to your parents. You have no idea what you're actually going to get on Christmas Day. No clue whatsoever. Okay. And I remember as a kid just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then Christmas morning, we'd wake up and walk by the tree and you see all the gifts that are beautifully wrapped underneath the tree. And I had no idea what was in some of those gifts. I had no idea. And it was always this great feeling when I opened up the present. I said, oh, yeah, you know, we're screaming and everything like that out of, out of joy. So if we have faith in God and we're hoping that he is going to accomplish something that we cannot see, we will eagerly wait for it. And the, and the key point in verse 23, wait for it with perseverance, meaning that you might be waiting for a long time. You might be going through some struggles as you are waiting for this thing to happen. But we have hope in God and we know that he's going to pull us through. So we wait and we wait eagerly and we deal with whatever challenges come our way because we know, ooh, sooner or later he's coming. Now he's coming with that answer. Now, if I also understand again, Lord, there's something happening in the supernatural. I'll remember what I read in Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. There was an angel that got that got into a battle for 21 days with the with, with, with the prince of darkness. Reinforcements had to come. Once the reinforcements came, Daniel got his answer. So while I'm waiting, Lord, I help me, help me to wait because I know that there's a battle that's going on right now. And that angel may not, it, it may still be waiting on reinforcements. Okay, Lord, help, help me to wait because something is happening around me. This uneasiness that's happening in the country and all of this, 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 Oh, this, this anarchy, I'm not even sure what word to, 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 to use, this anarchy and destruction that, that's, and just craziness that, that's going on. Lord, I know there's something happening in the supernatural. I'm tired of seeing this on the news. I'm tired of hearing about this. It doesn't make me feel good, but Lord, help me to understand that there's something happening in the supernatural. What do I need to know about this so that I can pray and bind this up? Because this isn't of you. This chaos isn't of you. You are not the author of confusion. So something is going on. Lord, help me to remember that. Okay. Verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray as we for as we ought. But the spirit himself make it makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So verse 26 there, we're saying we see likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness. So this is talking about the Holy Spirit. So he gives us strength. Okay. He also intercedes for us because when this, this is talking about for, for um, makes intercession for us with groanings which can't, cannot be uttered. This is talking about speaking in tongues. And for those of us that, that, that if you, if you have that gift of speaking in tongues, you, you, you know what it's like to be praying in the spirit 
And then you go from whatever your native language is that you speak to speaking in tongues, okay? to speaking in tongues. And, and I'm not going to get into because getting into speaking in tongues, I mean, that, that, that's a whole sermon in and of itself. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But the thing with speaking in tongues and, and why it says this is um, groanings which cannot be uttered. This this is not like speaking a human language, if you will. This is a heavenly language. So this is not like I can take a book or I can pop in one of those. What is it? Rosetta Stone uh, that, that, that has the, the whole language series on DVD that you can pop in that can help you teach a, a, a learn a language. This is not one of those where you can pop it in, repeat a word and say, oh, this word means that and you can write it down. No, it's a heavenly language. OK. Uh, there was actually a study that was done. And um, it was looking at meditation. And what the what the scientists were trying to understand is what is this this thing called tongues that that Christians are talking about? OK, because it, it sounds like it's, it's gibberish and we want to a little bit understand a little bit more about this. So we're going to compare the way Christians pray to the way Buddhists, uh, these, these Buddhist monks were, were, were praying and meditating. And they actually did scans of the brain while this was happening. And what they did was they, they would scan the brain activity uh, of the monks as they were meditating. And then for uh, the Christians, they would put them in a room uh, individually in a room and then they would scan their brain and put on some some praise and worship music of their choice so they can bring it in and put their earphones on and then they just told them pray like you normally would okay and then they watched it and then they watched it too and you could see the people uh the christians they started praying in tongues and everything they had it all videotaped and when they scanned the brain looked at the brain activity they should they, they saw that there was a lot of brain activity from the monks as they were meditating, because they were saying that uh, in order to get into a state of meditation, it takes there, there's an active effort that you have to undergo to try to stay focused and, and, and clear your mind, if you will. OK, there's there's an act, there's active brain engagement. When they looked at the brain activity of the Christians speaking in tongues that were praising and worship, there was very little activity that was going on. And as they were looking at it, the conclusion that they came up with is that. And this is what they said. They said there is something that is accessing that brain of the Christian that we cannot measure because there's no activity. And to speak another language language requires an activation of, of, of areas of your brain. And because we don't see this, there's something something else that looks like that, that, that part of their brain is reserved for. Now, obviously, we know from studying the word of God that speaking in tongues is Holy Spirit driven. Okay. So the point here is that speaking in tongues is very real and it is not a language that anyone else can understand. Okay. It is a heavenly, it is a heavenly language. So Holy Spirit also makes intercession for us. Okay. Because when we're praying in the spirit, we get to a point where we start praying in tongues and when we're praying in tongues is Holy Spirit giving us the the ability to speak in that heavenly language so that God the Father can hear it, which aligns our prayer with with God's will. So now we're not praying for things that we shouldn't be praying for, if you will. OK, Jesus talks about you don't have because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you ask amiss. That's our way to be able to ask God without asking amiss. OK. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind, what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints uh, according to the will of God. OK. So there again, we see uh, we, we see Holy Spirit in there working, uh, working, working in us. And we need Holy Spirit to work in us so we know how to ask God for things and what to ask God for. OK, so we see there also that Holy Spirit, again, like I said, he gives us strength. It says there in verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps us uh, in our weaknesses. Verses 24 and 25 about faith. We also must believe that there are forces of darkness that are around us and that when we put on our spiritual armor and seek God, that he will reveal to us the truth that some people would be trying to hide from us to be deceitful. 
Okay. That's why we need Holy Spirit. Okay. He will reveal truth to us, truth to us. But we also have to believe. We also have to believe that there are forces of darkness around us. Okay? And not all Christians believe that. Or what I should say is not all Christians believe that the spiritual world is as active as it actually is. And so when we if we're in that state of mind where we know the supernatural exists, but we don't realize how active it is. We can easily become fooled by what's going on and we can easily become flustered and frustrated and upset about what's going on. The other thing that Holy Spirit does for us is he gives us power. Go to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. And we're going to start in verse four. Acts chapter one, verse four. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Underline that. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not days from now. Now, if you remember back to um, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, uh, it, the, the, the Bible says that the, the spirit of God descended like a dove and he heard a voice that said, this is my beloved son, son in whom in whom I am well pleased. That was the Holy Spirit coming down onto Jesus. After that, that's when Jesus went out and started his ministry. OK, he needed to have the Holy Spirit on him to be able to go out, to be able to go out and do things. And here's why. Okay, let's read that again. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all uh, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, they uh, while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud, received them, received them out of their sight. So you see there in verse in, in verse uh, eight. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. OK. So Holy Spirit gives us gives us power. Now, I'm not talking about power in the sense of what you hear in occult practices about or or or, or anyone else that may not even necessarily be involved in, in the occult practices, but have this belief that um, we are all gods. OK. And that we all have this power and we just have to transcend human, our human forms to be able to get this. power. I'm not talking about that kind of power. OK, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the, the power of the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. This is the power of the Holy Spirit that that that, that reveals truth to us, that that comforts us. OK, this is that power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that that allowed G, the it's the power of the Holy Spirit that allowed Jesus to be able to cast out demons, to be able to heal the sick. OK, to do all those miracles. He needed that. He needed that power from the Holy Spirit to do it. That's why his ministry didn't start until after he was baptized, because when he was baptized, that's when the Holy Spirit came down on. him. OK, and that's why Jesus also told him not to go yet. But you have to wait because the Holy Spirit is going to be coming and you're going to get him. He's going to he's going to come to you in a few days. Not not too not too long from now. He's coming. So once you have that, then you go. OK, so when we're thinking about our lives and we're looking at what's going on around us and we start saying, OK, I'm starting to see that. Yeah, there's something here isn't, isn't making sense. We need to go to Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit will give us the power to start binding up these forces of darkness that's causing chaos in this world. OK. That's why we need Holy Spirit. He gives us power. Last couple of scriptures here. Um, in, oh, and another thing I actually want to touch on before we move on. In verse seven is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. Daniel, it wasn't for Daniel to know. 
exactly when God was going to bring him the answers to his, his, his vision, to his request. It wasn't for him to know that. Okay. And the angel, when the angel came, the angel was there to tell him, like, it, it was coming. And I'm here now to tell you. So it's here. I'm here. Your answer is here. And I'm going to tell you what the answer is. We have to remember that because we can get frustrated when we don't know why something is happening and when it's and why it's not happening when we want it to happen. Last week, we talked about uh, in God's time or our time. Okay, God has a reason for not telling us things. We have to be willing to accept that, because if we knew what God knows, how many of us would actually do good with that or do something evil with it? If you knew when you were going to die. OK. Would you go out and live your life the way Christ would like you to live it all the way up until you die? Or would you wait till the very last possible moment and live your life the way you wanted to live it? In the world. And then at the last moment, ask for forgiveness, trying to see if you can squeeze your way into heaven. Okay. Let's be honest. I don't think many of us. I don't think many of us. And again, we're going to be honest and be real about this. There are some of us out there that would probably look at that and say, yeah, I probably do a little bit of bad because I can. I'll ask for forgiveness later. You're playing a dangerous game by doing that. Okay, It's not for us to know why things happen in God's time. But if we are asking God what's going on in the supernatural, he'll share with us what's going, but it doesn't mean that he's going to give us time frames. He will give us enough. If we're willing to listen, he will give us enough to remind us that he's still there, that he's still working. OK. Last thing, uh, John 14. OK, let's go to John chapter 14. Because Holy Spirit also comforts us and gives us truth. You heard me uh, mention truth a few different times so far. Let's go to John chapter 14 and we're going to see it. John chapter 14, last few scriptures, verse 15. Uh, you know what? Let's. Yeah, John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Underline that. If you love me, keep my commandments. Commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Underline that. He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. Underline that. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Underline all of verse 17 and 18. Okay. The spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. For I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So, Verse 18 there, we see that he's going to comfort us. Holy Spirit brings us comfort because he's our helper. OK, he's our he's our helper. OK, Holy Spirit plays a major role or I should say Holy Spirit needs to play a major role in the life of a Christian. And the reason I say he needs to play a major role is because he is in us. But we have the choice of whether or not we want to listen to him and engage with him. OK. Because we see what he can do, he gives us power to cast out demons and to, to to heal the sick. When we lay hands on somebody and we pray for someone, there is nothing that we are doing that is making that person well. It is us praying for them and 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 activating the power of the Holy Spirit to work in that person's life and asking God to 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 to, to heal the person that brings about the healing. OK, it's not us. And that's important to understand, because when you really when you really can grasp how how do I want to say this, um, for lack of a better term, if you can grasp how to use Holy Spirit or or, or, if, or, or maybe what I should say is if you really understand his role 
and how he is supposed to be interacting with you and you with and you with him, you will start to see miraculous things take place in your life. Okay, you will start you, you will be amazed at some of the things that, you know, certain situations, deep understandings of situations that you have that others don't even know about. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, being able to tell the future and all of that stuff. Okay, this is this is not witchcraft. This is not uh, fortune telling or astrology, you know, like the horoscopes or stuff. That's not what this is trying to say that I'm trying to see what's happening tomorrow and I'm trying to see the future. That's not what it is. Okay, what it is, though, is, is, is Holy Spirit can reveal to you. You know, the person said the sky is blue. You want to know why they're actually saying that, though? They're saying that because they're trying to distract you from this, this, this and this. So that's what you need to keep your eye on. Okay, that's what Holy Spirit can do for us if we're willing to engage with him. Holy Spirit plays is is so important. That if you blaspheme him, you cannot be forgiven. Okay, you remember what happened when Jesus was casting out the demons and they said this man cast out demons by the name of Beelzebub. Okay. And what did Jesus say to him? Jesus said, you, you, the, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus basically said to them that, that every single sin you'll be forgiven. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, that's the one sin you will not be forgiven. In other words, giving the power, the, giving the credit for something that the Holy Spirit has done and you give that to the devil, you won't be forgiven of that. That's how critical Holy Spirit is in our lives. That's how important he is in our lives. God is saying every other sin you can be you can be forgiven of. But you do that with Holy Spirit. You can't be forgiven. Okay, so we need Holy Spirit to understand what's going on in in the supernatural. We need to activate him and interact with him uh, in our lives because he can comfort us. And we see in verse 17, the spirit of truth. And the world doesn't have that because they don't know God. Okay. And they don't have God in them, but we have him in us. We have Jesus in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. That's why he's there with us. Okay. And that's why he comforts us. So so if I'm going, God said, Lord, what's happening that I don't understand? And Holy Spirit starts to reveal it to us. It starts to give us comfort. And knowing that Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us also provides comfort because then we won't be deceived. We won't be deceived. Okay. Because man will deceive you. Whether by purpose or by accident, a man will deceive you. Holy Spirit will let you know whether or not that's an accident or whether or not there's some other thing going on there, whether or not that's deeper. Okay. So. Understanding what's happening in the supernatural is critical for us in our walks as as believers. It's critical for us in the body of Christ. So we know what's going on around us. So, you know, next time you hear something. That someone says, or you see something take place that you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Don't get bent out of shape. Understand that it's not about that person. Understand that there's there's forces around us that we don't see. There's a spirit world behind us that we don't that we don't see. Okay? So when you hear politicians or political groups and these different movements coming out and sharing their ideas on how they're going to deal with Uh, issues of the world right remember remember something okay holy spirit is the only truth holy spirit can reveal the truth to us about what they're saying if there's a deeper meaning to that or if we can take it at face value as this election season goes on understand something god doesn't care about What political affiliation you're with. He doesn't care about whether or not you're you're a Republican or Democrat or an independent. He doesn't care what your name is necessarily. And what I mean by that is that when we're making these decisions, we need to bring Holy Spirit into into the conversation. We shouldn't be just going out and voting for someone because of their name, because God doesn't care about that. We shouldn't be voting for someone because they're of their skin color or because they're male or female. God doesn't God doesn't care about that. OK, what God cares about is whether or not we're going to do his will. 
Acts 10, 34 through 35, you don't have to go there now. Acts 10, 34 through 35 says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Okay? So God doesn't care about some of these things that we care about as, as, as people. All right? He doesn't care how tall you are, how short you are, or how much you weigh, or your favorite food. All he cares about is are you going to be obedient to his will? So knowing that, we as believers, when we're listening to what these people say, whoever it is, Whatever position they hold, whatever affiliation that they belong to, what we should be doing is we need to make sure that we're seeking Holy Spirit and asking him to reveal the truth to us. And we need to make sure we're also ready to hear that truth and that we act based off of that truth. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord God, for your words today. And I ask that they would stay with us through the balance of this day and into the week, Lord, and that they would stay with us as long as you continue to tarry, as long as your son Jesus continues to tarry so that we can use them when we need them, Lord. I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak to every single one of us, Lord, and that you would help us to listen to your Holy Spirit and to ask your Holy Spirit what's going on out there so that we know how to pray. And that we know how to act and that we can align our will with your will, Lord God. I pray and ask, Lord, that you would watch over everyone and that you continue to keep us all safe throughout these through through these crazy times. Lord, give us wisdom and discernment to know to know what the truth is that we may not be hearing. Lord, reveal to us what the truth is. Lord, help us strengthen us to be able to pray for our leaders, Lord God, in, in positions of authority. And I do pray for the leaders in, in positions of authority, Lord, that you would guide them in all the actions that they take, that you would guide the scientists as they continue to figure out what's going on with this, with this coronavirus, Lord, and that you would continue to place a hedge of protection around all of us, Lord, out of all your sons and daughters to keep us safe wherever it is that we go. We praise you, we love you, Lord God, and we just thank you for all your blessings, both great and small. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God.